Listeners, welcome to uh, Thinking Well. Uh, I'm Tom. And I'm Kyle. And uh, as promised, we have a, a special guest with us this week. He has a uh, heavy law enforcement background, has been the head pastor of Lake Worth Baptist Church for almost seven years. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Adam. How's everybody doing? What's up, Zach? I'm doing great, Zach. Hello. What a cool forum. We're happy you're, we're, yeah, we're happy you're here. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Good to get together and do this all together. It's going to be, I'm looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to it like all week. I always look forward to Friday nights, but this was a special one. Oh. Looking forward to having Zach on. And I think there's just so much, so much knowledge and wisdom, right? That I think we can, we can learn and especially our listeners can, you know, take, take from this conversation. But, um, I guess, I guess we'll kind of get right into it. Right. I mean, last week we teased that we would be going over the, the truth nugget segment of why the Bible and we will get to that. That'll be hopefully later in the conversation. But, you know, when we were starting this, and, you know, and, and Tom would agree, you know, we, we wanted to we wanted to also engage in some of the current events that are happening in our world. I think as Christians, it's important to understand what's happening and be able to answer some tough questions about what's happening. So, uh, you know, we talked about it offline, but I, I think we're going to try to tackle the the mass shootings topic yeah we just had that one in in allen here what was it a week ago now yeah about two weeks yeah two weeks ago um just just tragic i I mean i was reading about it this week and just some i mean whole families wiped out in this one i think it's really difficult when you see things like that to just look at it and know how to how to talk about it know what to say about it when you're asked because as Christians I mean you'll get those questions like why do you think this stuff is happening and uh, there are answers to those questions and while they may not be the perfect answer and uh, while they surely aren't an answer to try to smooth things over or desensitize people to things I think that it is something that uh, we can talk about and one of the things I think one of the biggest questions that I hear when stuff like this happens is uh, why do we think that this type of violence just continues to happen? Um, is, the, is there reasoning behind it? Why, why does it just seem to be escalating and continuing to happen? I was looking up some statistics this week and there's just, you look and um, from 2019 and largely due to everybody being kind of closed in with COVID and stress being really high, everywhere I looked, the numbers are kind of iffy. Some people will report one number and then other people are like three times that. But across the board, the consensus was is that um, shootings in general, whether mass or um, individual, doubled in 2020 compared to the previous year. And when we look at that, I think it's not, it's not just a mass shooting thing. It's a violence thing that we're seeing an increase in. It's not, it, mass shootings happen to be part of that violence, but when it goes up in general across the board, almost double when you 
put people in closer places and emotions and stress that are running high. Um, it's a really difficult question to answer. Uh, Zach, what do you think? Well, I, first of all, let me say, when, when you said that we should never be desensitized, I, I think you're exactly right. If, if there should be anybody that knows about uh, how to comfort in this time, if there is anybody who uh, can identify with, with human dignity and, and loss and being able to uh, empathize with people and, and become unsensitized, uh, well, let me, let me back up. Have, be in a way that we're, we're, we're not uh, uh, desensitized, excuse me, uh, to these situations. It should be a Christian. And so I'm glad that you said that. I mean, we, this is a call to obviously look at the, the violence, understand that it's not right, and, and really to kind, of, kind of pray for those people. Uh, we, we should be praying for the families. We should be praying for healing. Um, if we're talking about what we're looking at in terms of the multiplying of violence, Honestly, I see, I, I see people drifting further and further away from God. I, I see, uh, I, I see a greater secular secularization. Uh, people unable to people unable to identify with God or understand the the, the purpose of God. Um, and so the, the, the further that we drift away, the, the necessarily the greater compound of evil that you're going to see. I, I know that sounds a little probably primitive or like oversimplistic, but the further that you drift, man, there, there's all kinds of things that, that happen. It, it's, it's like... Well, it's like you become your own god, uh, and 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 so you're you're looking for a uh, a deity. It's like you you take God out of the equation, you don't worship nothing. You start right. to worship something. You 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 start to worship uh, your, yourself. You start to worship. Um, I, don't, I don't know uh, popularity. You start to worship uh, culture. You, I mean, like it. Just take your pick. You will worship something, and then when you do it becomes really, really empty and it becomes really, really dark. And what you see like in the multiplying of evil is just people becoming unmoored from, from anything of substance that could, that could hold them down. Who's to say that life has any kind of worth if you take God out of the equation? Who's to say that people have value? Uh, who, who's to say uh, that you matter? Who's to say that you can't, I, I don't know, take out entire families. It's, it's, it's horrid. But that's what happens when you take God out of the equation of your life. It gets really dark and it gets really evil. And, and the more people that are, are just given to that way, man, you're, you're going to see it. You're going to see a multiplying of violence. Well, I, I, think, I think that's... 
it's so true when you look at the world around us, how can we sit here and just devalue life in general? It doesn't matter how you were made. You can change that. It doesn't matter. Um, you're not the way that God intended you to be. And when you devalue a person's just core morals and core sense of self, well, then they can be injured by anything because they don't have a foundation of a, what type of person they are, or what humanity is. So if they can be injured by anything, then they can lash out at that injury in any manner that they see fit. Cause we're not, we're, we're not telling people you're accountable to your community and you're accountable to God. And the reason that you're accountable to your community is because they're all image bearers of God. And there's, there are ways that you treat people and the, what we're seeing in the world today, this, this isn't, this isn't how you treat people. Right. And when that just kind of exponentially grows, you're going to have those people who are affected by it differently than other people are affected. Because when they, when you look and they lash out in those ways, it's because they've kind of closed themselves off from that normalcy, even the normalcy of community, um, so why would why would a sense of God matter? And when when you look right. at somebody like well, that, yeah, I say unmoored. You're you're unmoored from everything. The the yeah. true, the lovely, the beautiful. Every everything gets dark. You, you you have no shining light. You have no guiding principles. You have no uh, structure. You you have no uh, system tethering you down. There there's there's no restraining. Uh, you you just go. You just it's it's impulsive. It's animalistic whimsical yeah absolutely uh and, and can you imagine you put whimsical with violence <laughs> yeah. uh, it's really kind of anything goes uh i mean if i, if I was going to look in the in scripture i mean like this is what you know, like you would see in genesis 6 this is what you would see in genesis 11 this mm -hmm. is what you would see in in the uh the book of the judges that, that everyone does that which is right in their own eyes it's untenable uh, for society, it's untenable, and and so uh, the the more that this happens, the more you, you get individuals. Well, it doesn't matter; nothing matters, uh, and and it's it almost becomes nihilistic. Uh, actually, not almost becomes. That's exactly what it becomes. Yeah. It becomes nihilistic in in, in its approach. And uh, here here's the the really dark side. Usually, people in darkness want other people to feel their pain. Mm -hmm. And I want you to feel what I feel. Well, it's interesting, right? Because it's talk about that sense of community. I think Tom said it, but it's kind of what they, in a roundabout dark way, what they achieve. They want, they feel a certain way. They feel a certain negative, hateful way. And they want others to feel that way. Sure. And it's, it's almost like you can't escape the way that God designed us. He designed us to be community-driven, to have relationships, and... And worship. Right. And yeah. when you take that away... Sure. You're still going to strive for those things. Right. But if you take... If you choose to have God away from that equation, this is where it ends up. The entropy, this is where it ends up. Yeah. How, how twisted then that, that view becomes to where, oh, well, I still need this sense of community, to your point, but my, I'm going to bring everybody to my community 
I'm going to bring everybody to my community of misery and hate and uh, just this evil feeling that I have. I want everybody to feel what I yeah. feel. And, or I want to matter, and I want to matter my way. Yeah. Right. I, I want people to know my name my way. Hmm. And, and isn't that, isn't that just heart-wrenching? It absolutely is. I mean, you know, there's... I don't know when the last time you guys like just sat down and just cried. You know, like I think as men, it's like you just don't, you know, like I, I don't really find reasons to cry often, right? But, I mean, there's definitely, I think, looking at body cam, I think it was Nashville, the one before this, the big la last one. They released body cam footage, and I watched it. And as a parent, right, you're looking at this, and, you know, you're thinking this could be my daughter's school. Easily, yeah. It could, yeah. It e could happen easily. anywhere. And it's just, I mean, I just, I, I can't get through it. And I just find myself angry and I, I, I can't help but to cry every well, time. And one of the things, I'm glad you mentioned that too. One of the things that I, I've noticed, like you see across the board, these, the suspects in these cases, virtually nothing in common. There's no theme. They didn't know each other. And then if you look in the news, Another thing that you'll find is these individuals, like news news uh, casters and people in the comments, they're they're asking, uh, "What's the motive? Why did they do it?" I mean, like we're obsessed. Well, maybe if I knew why, maybe maybe if there was some weird explanation that would somehow give like make this make sense. Well, the biblical worldview answers that it's not going to make sense. Uh, the biblical worldview is that the the heart is desperately wicked, and who can know it? Mm -hmm. Like we're we're trying to look for something that you it is unknowable. Like when you give yourself to this, when you give yourself to your own deity or what whatever you want to call it, uh, I mean th that's what it would be theologically. But it's, if if you want to slap a, I don't know, psychological uh, term on it, sociological term on it a social violence term on it. To me, that's irrelevant. It is just you playing God and you making your own rules. You are the, you are the taker of life. Uh, you couldn't give it, but you, you sure can take it. Um, and you're trying to find a reason for it. You're not going to find a reason for it. It's, it's all, it, we're broken. It's all brokenness. No, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I, when I'd watch body cam footage or, you know, read or even like, you know, Uvalde, right. When they went through the timeline, I, I looked at some of the timeline on that and that's a whole separate conversation we can have, but it's, um, I think as human beings and, and maybe men particularly, I think we try to find reason. I think that's one of the yeah, things. That, rationalization. Right. It's yeah. a foundation. I think like there has we, to be a reason for it. Right. And I think you're absolutely right. I think you can search, but you're just not going to find it. It doesn't exist. The an the answer, the reason is, we live in a sin-cursed world, and there's evil, pure evil that exists out there. Yeah, out there and in us. Right. That's true. It's when when we as a as a community and socially kind of mature people look at stuff like that, we try to make sense of it because we're trying to find a relate a way to relate to how could they do this? Who did them this wrong that would make them react in this way? And That's in our minds, we're trying to, we're trying to associate with, well, what would drive them to this? Well, yeah. a, a well-rounded, socially adept person who d has never 
sought after those kind of things or, you know, they come from a grounded family and not that all these people come from un, unhinged families. People are people in and of their self. Uh, you can, people can turn around and try to blame this in their past or this in their past. At the end of the day, you've made a decision on your own. Sure. Um, but we try to associate that and pick out where, what, what was wrong in yeah, their life that caused wrong. them to do that. Well, what was wrong in their life that caused them to do that? What was wrong in society that we haven't equipped these people to not feel these things and to not think these things? What, where's the gap in the community around them and the communities that we're trying to foster that isn't allowing them to latch on to this sense of morality and this God-given sense of respect for life? Well, we're not teaching God anymore yeah. And because we're not teaching God anymore in our communities. It's easy to kind of just let that stuff fall by the wayside. Well, it's definitely the product. That's, that's what you're left with, right? When you, when you take God out of the family, right? You take God out of society and a godless society leads to people making their own rules on what's valuable when it comes to human life and their own morality or the lack thereof. And like I said before, you're left exactly what we see. Mm -hmm. Do we th uh, think one of the other things I, I, I hear a lot in some of the questions I read, do, do you think we can expect this to happen more frequently? I mean, you look at, like you said, Zach, in the times of Noah and, and just things like that, are, are is there going to be an increase in this? Do, you, do we think it's going to reach a point where it kind of peters off and then comes back again? I, th I think you'll see hot spots. Okay. Uh, let me let me clarify what I mean by that. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna even herald back to something that you said. So help me, guys, stay on track. You know you know how my mind can get. You were talking about environment. That's why we have you here. <laughs> uh, we were talking about environment. That's what you were really getting at. Mm -hmm. Like we were searching for a reason in environment because if somebody goes wrong, it was something that happened to them. Mm -hmm. And you look and you'll see like. Like the storytelling methods that that we that we have now are changing. Like Coella Deville, like the new ones. Mm -hmm. The reason she's evil is because she had evil imposed upon her, yeah. and that's the only reason. And, and like story changing, uh, the the story tactics have been changing because obviously if somebody ends up in a bad way, that's the reasoning that we're trying to find. It's because something was imposed upon them that was outside of the control because nobody's just inherently evil. Well, no, the Bible comes back and says we, we are evil from conception. Yeah. And, and so we have a better answer. And so they're looking like, what's the reason? What's the reason? Maybe there was something outside of them. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, it, it's, it was always inside of them and they just fed it. They fed mm. it. Uh, now, you asked me if we could uh, expect to see more of this. I wrote an article. Man, I don't know. It, was, it had to have been a couple of years ago. And, and the title of it was, Is It Us? Is, or Is It Our Fault? I think that's what it was. And it was, it was really based upon uh, Paul's instructions to Timothy that what you can expect to see from the last days, uh, that, you know, truce breakers... Uh, uh, deceitful uh, lovers of self more than lovers lovers of God. I'd, I'd have to uh, put my eyes on that to n not butcher it uh, completely. I, I would just be speaking um, uh, out of my own memory, and that's not a good thing in, in that kind of context. But um, but the the title was "Is it our fault?" 
And here's the basic premise of the article was when God's people don't step up, that's when the evil steps in. And so when I say hot spots, I mean, like there's going to be some gospel preaching, gospel centered individuals that that by their own sheer passion of of what it means to to win a community, what it means to engage a community, what it means to win a heart, um, you will see the gospel doing exactly what it should because because when we do our job, guess what God does his job he he will bring the power to that situation he's not going to let his gospel fail but the less that we do the more it compounds mm-hmm. and so i say hot spots because there, there's going to be some on fire places but as god's people dwindle out that's when evil will multiply uh, we we the church people of churches we're like uh we're like a thermometer um, well, maybe a, what, what is the one that we're like a thermostat. Yeah, that's what we are. <laughs> we, we can, we can raise the heat of the culture or we can bring it way down by our inaction. Hmm. And, uh, what, what we want to do is we want to, we want to turn it up hot. And, and, and so we, we act like a moral conscience to our community. And that's what we want to be for our community here. We want to be a moral conscience for our community. And in that sense, we become, through God's power, we become like a restrainer, a restraining agent for an individual. We become their conscience about what goodness is, what the true is, what the beautiful is, what the right is. We become the example. You are the outward manifestation of who Christ is. And the better we are at doing that in our churches, I'm t- so let's get out of Lake Worth and who is ever listening to this, the better job we do in our sphere of influence, the more you will find uh, people wanting to do right around you. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been speaking around somebody and they know you're a Christian and then they use a curse word? Which I think is really, really, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I was going to say silly, but really it's, it's <laughs> it funny. funny. I, I understand it. And then they, they look at you and they're like, um, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. What, I mean, like, and, and we look at it, we're like, come on. I mean, like, I'm not your judge. I'm, you know, I'm not God. You're not going to have to answer to me. Right. It doesn't like, offend I, me. I don't, yeah, I don't have little baby ears. You're right. okay. But <laughs> what is that telling you, though? You're inflicting change. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you're their moral conscience. Yeah. They they are afflicted when you're around. They change their behavior when you're around. Now, let me that, that that's a microcosm. Let me get you to uh, cast your mind. Like, what if we could do that in mass? Hmm. What if we could do that all over the place? What if God's people could be the uh, his the moral conscience of Christ everywhere? No, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make in this age as Christians or just people in general is we have fallen for the pretense of neutrality. Sure. That there is such a thing as neutrality in, in a lot of these things. Yeah. And I think Zach said it the best, right? I mean, it, you, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. 
And I think complacency is one of the biggest destroyers that we bring upon ourselves in today's age as Christians. Yeah, when we don't think that our message matters or our life matters or people will be fine on their own without us, you know, getting involved in our life. I think, you know, the, the multiplied violence is an indication. No, that's not true. Or, or just, hey, hold what we have. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's it, not, it's, it's, you know, the, ends are, the end time is yeah, coming that's anyway. that's so dangerous. Right. Like, the church is a bunker, right? Yeah. Like, every, every, all the Christians get in the church. Don't get involved in your community. And as we withdraw from our communities, then we start, then we're surprised that sure. things like this happen. I'm not saying that we're the ones to blame, but if we're pulling away from our communities and not being a part of that, then... We're helping. We, what what's out there in the community propagating the gospel message and propagating the love of Christ and propagating true like love for people and the lives of people well that that's kind of, that's what that's the mission that God gave the church right like go get the gospel out be in your communities propagate th- morals and fundamental things that you will find in a bible believing church but to your point, Kyle, I think we've we've spent, you know, X amount of years, decades, maybe longer, kind of withdrawing from that because we're we're so close to the end times. No, we we should be getting out there even more so as the day approaches. Not 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 right. re- kind of going back into our churches and withdrawing from that. Right. The gospel is offensive. Right. It is offensive. It's not a defensive model and and if we take a defensive model necessarily we're not going to go out i was reading a a post from a preacher uh, i don't know how long ago but it did make me sad uh when he he said uh, you know i I pray He, he was lamenting that there was a needle in his parking lot in his church parking lot and and that you know his neighborhood was going sideways and and he said i i wish it weren't like this i i I pray that god would send us this is what he said send us the right people in that post and in a sense you sympathized with the guy but on the other side you're going about it all wrong it's not it's not you hosting church and then just people like coming in The, the church is to mobilize your people and and take mm-hmm. the gospel out and it doesn't it doesn't have to be in these Billy Graham crusades I, and maybe that's it I don't I don't really know but really there's it's just the people maybe that you work with Kyle's gonna be a little bit different from you because uh, you you work in Dallas you know and like hey would you come to church with me and drive an hour and a half? <laughs> So you're uh, saying there's a yeah. chance, <laughs> <laughs> but but for the most of us, I mean, like we can we can get out there and, and invite people to church. I don't know how many people I invite to church, but it's a lot, and I get shut down all the time. <laughs> but I, it doesn't it doesn't stop me from trying. It doesn't mean you stop doing it. Yeah, right? yeah that's yeah. exactly right. And, and or it doesn't stop me. Well, I, I'm I'm kind of displaced in my home situation right now. But it doesn't stop me when I when I get my home situation squared away. I'm gonna have dinners again. I'm gonna have people coming to my home again. I can't wait uh, to be more hospitable again uh, when my situation changes. But it's really that easy. 
if you really want to make a difference, the gospel really will make a difference. Yeah. If you don't want to see multiplied violence, then multiply your efforts to, to let God's gospel do what it does best, and that is change people from the inside out. And then you will see an outward change in the culture. Kyle said before we started, we don't I, that he doesn't want to get into into trying to politicize it, and I'm going to so go. Hard. I'm going to go a little political for just a second, because I think as Christians, it's easy for us to say, "Well, look, look at look at our government, look at our government. Why can't we? We need to get the right elected officials into place." Well, I I challenge that thought process. You need to get your churches in your communities, right? and change your communities, and then your communities will elect different officials that sure. reflect the values of the community, and then those com those officials will go out and actually represent the voice of your community. But don't be upset with politics when you're not getting out into your, into your community to change your community. Or, or that people would be raised up in your church and they would be the community leaders. Right. How, how awesome yeah. would that be? Well, I think we have a, a false understanding of how it operates or how it should operate, right? I think a lot of people think it's like, you know, upside down pyramid, right? It comes federal government down to down to you when in reality I think it, it should operate as, you know, individual, family, church, community, local government, state government, federal. Yep. Right? It should yep. start in the home, you know, if you take it a step further than that, in your church, right? Like Zach said, that, you know, People in the church would be lifted up, and and God led into these these roles of leadership in the community, and then onward. I mean that that's how you yeah. affect change. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I don't know. We, I, we, honestly, I mean, besides praying for the families, we're not going to be able to do uh, much about Alan, but we can do something here, right? Yeah, and that's the point. We, we look out there. And really what that should tell us is that we need to get busy here, right right where God has us. And, and I think I think we can m maybe quell uh, the the amount of evil that that we see in our sphere. Maybe we would be that that hot location. I get because again, where the gospel cools down, where God's people don't stand up, evil stands in. Yeah. And you will see it multiplying. So that's a kind of a hard question to answer, but it's only hard because it just depends on what God's people will do. I think, I think that makes complete sense to me. You know, one of the other questions that I saw as well was, you know, do we think that, you know, uh, this is a type of punishment for America because there might, you know, there may be a concept that we've turned our backs, you know, on a God-centric, you know, beginnings of this nation? Well, and, that, and that's a fair question. Uh, I think Romans 1 would probably answer that best. Uh, you, you read that God gave them up to their own uh, devices. They gave them up to a reprobate mind. And so one of the one of the scariest punishments that God could ever give us is giving us exactly what we've always wanted. <laughs> like we push against it, push against it, pushed against it, and finally God says, 
all right, have at it. And and uh, we we get what we want, but we lose a lot doing it. If if that uh, is a yeah. simplistic way, it's it's God's punishment, sure, uh, but it's just Him taking the back door that that we wanted him in the first place. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about culturally. Yeah. And, and so that, that is the judgment. I, I, I think that's one of those cases again, where we, where we look and we perceive this punishment either in our lives or on a national level that, Oh, God's punishing us because we're not where we should be as a country. Well, to Zach's point, a lot of times the things that we perceive as punishment is us stepping outside of this bubble of God's protection, right? And if you're not going to be obedient to God, then that, that places you outside of his protection. Sure. And that goes for a, at a personal level and that goes at a country level. Like if you're, if you're deciding to not keep to the values that the country was founded on and saying, Hey, we're going to, we're, we're going to keep these tenets of our founding as representative of what we are as a country, when you start shutting that stuff down, then you're stepping outside of the protection that we've had for hundreds of years as a country. And we're saying, uh, we kind of don't need that anymore. And then we're up in arms sure. when we're not experiencing that protection <laughs> yeah, anymore. Well, like yeah, what, what happened is, yeah. is, is, is <laughs> why has God left us? Yeah. Like God didn't go anywhere. Yeah. God well, didn't go anywhere. He's the same person he's always been and the same God that he's always been. But he he provides protection to those that want to be obedient to him and those that seek after him. And right. if we're if we're not doing that as a people, and we're not doing that as a country, well, what, what would what's going to get better? Yeah, I had a mentor. Uh, he went on like Serengeti things in Africa, and one of my favorite stories that he ever told was when they were camping out in the, in the middle of the Serengeti and they didn't have any fences. They didn't have anything around them to protect them. They just had like an orb light, like right in the middle of the camp. And that one orb, that light was what was going to keep everybody safe, which is kind of crazy. Uh, like I, I, I feel like I'd be sleeping with, you know, well, I'd, I'd be like, right at the base of that pole. Whatever yeah, that was. Like, <laughs> I'd, be, yeah, I'd be there. Yeah. I'd be like on top yeah, of be, the orb. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, he, the, the guide said, you know, I'm not your babysitter. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Uh, uh, I'm not here to watch you. You can walk around if you want. He said, but I will warn you, the further away that you get away from this light, the darker it's going to get outside. He's like, and I've got, I've got to warn you, there's a great big kitty out there that's going to start looking at you like you're fast food. And he said, I got news for you. You ain't that fast. And if you put a spiritual application on that, uh, what, what does Peter say about Satan? That he is a, what, a roaring lion? lion walking around seeking whom he may devour. God has given the light of his word, right? And and God said, you can walk away from the light. You can. But it, the further you get away from me, the darker it's going to get outside. And, and, and so what does God's word say? There's a great big kitty out there that's going to start looking at you like you're fast food. 
And when it comes between you, you and the devil, you and Satan, I got news for you. You ain't that fast. Yeah. You're done. But we are not done with the conversation, folks. We encourage you to tune in next week. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this conversation with our pastor on just the troubled times that we live in and provide some, some additional answers. You're not going to want to miss it next week. Tune in for the conclusion, and we'll finish this plunge in the thinking well.